Have you ever seen the movie Cars? You know, Lightning McQueen, Tomator, that one. I know it's a child's movie, but have you seen it or not? And I, I can't hear your answer, so just answer in to yourself. But um, I, I was thinking about the movie Cars, and uh, you know how how Lightning McQueen. I, I think that's the name. Um, you know, don't don't expect me to get every detail of that movie right. I haven't seen it in quite some time. Um, he, uh, you know, he gets in trouble, you know, with the, with the sheriff in town and, uh, what, what does he have to do? He's got to do community service, right? And, uh, he's got to pave the road. So, uh, what happens is, you know, he's, he's told as soon as you finish paving this road, you'll be free to go. And, uh, you know, the first time around, uh, he kind of, uh, he kind of speeds through it, you know, he, he, he does it, but he doesn't really do a very thorough job and it's bumpy. It's messed up. It's not right. Why? Cause he's lightning McQueen and he's in a hurry. He's a race car, right? And, uh, he wants to get this done, but, uh, that's not acceptable to the sheriff and uh through the process of time you know he he makes friends there and you know falls in love with the Porsche and all that good jazz and uh you know finally he does the job right they wake up one morning and the job is done right the roads are paved they're smooth they're the way they should be he did a thorough job you know and i think it's interesting too how you know that scene where the sheriff takes the the tire boot off and he drives and he's like see you later suckers and then you know runs out of gas well you know the truth is um, whenever you get in a hurry it's just a matter of time uh, before you're going to come up empty and when you make haste when you get in a rush and you don't take your time you'll not only end up getting off of God's path for you um, but you'll end up out of gas on the side of the road somewhere and today I want to talk to you about patience peace and perfection And I want to talk to you about the end result of patience and what it means to have real peace. Hey there, my name is Benjamin Pace, and you're listening to the No Content Podcast. And if you happen to be a duck listening to this, you're in a safe space. Hey there, welcome to the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace. Happy November-ish around that time, I think. At the time I'm recording this podcast, it's not November, but I'm releasing it in November, so I'm assuming that's when you're hearing it. And I think if my calculations are accurate, this should be landing around the general general time of Thanksgiving. So, uh, you know, hey, happy Thanksgiving ahead of time, you know. But uh, today... I want to talk about patience, and I want to talk about the correlation between patience, peace, and the end result of perfection. And, uh, you know, keeping in, in spirit with the title and the topic of the podcast today, I'm I'm not going to get in a hurry with this podcast. Um, so I hope you have a few minutes. If you don't, um, well, that's okay. You can come back later. Maybe, uh, you know, do the bite-sized thing. I don't know. Um, But uh, 
this is this is going to take just a few minutes here because I, I want to be thorough in this podcast. And I, I feel like there's some things I really want to get out. And man, I've got uh, all kinds of notes. <laughs> so I'm going to try to get through them. And I'm excited about this because um, patience is one of those things that does not come naturally to the flesh. And a lot of people think it's not it's not something that they want or need. Um, but the truth is, we all need patience. And patience produces beauty. Patience produces perfection. And I believe many things are that way. The best things do take time. And uh, to be developed, to be formed, to be created. And we live in an instant world where everything is right now and how can we make things faster and, you know, speed, 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 McQueen, (laughs) like I talked about in the intro, get it done, get it done, get it done. But some of the best things have taken time to make. And uh, I'm going to read a scripture to you and we'll get into this. In Isaiah 28 verse 16, I'm reading in the King James Version, it says this, Therefore, thus says the Lord. God, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone. And watch this. It says a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. And then it says this. He that believes shall not make haste. He who believes will not get in a hurry. Why why not get in a hurry? He's talking about laying this foundation. He's talking about this tried stone. What is a tried stone? Well, he says it right in the next sentence. He says it's a sure foundation. In other words, it's something that's been tried. It's been tested. We know it's strong. And we're laying this strong foundation. And we're testing this. We're trying this. And, you know, you can't get in a hurry when you're trying and you're testing things. You know, I think about airplanes and how airplanes are tested and tried. You know, they actually stretch the wings of an airplane to the absolute breaking point to see what it'll take to break that airplane. And, and hey, listen, uh, when you get on an airplane and fly in it, are, are, you, are you glad that they didn't cut corners <laughs> with that testing process? Are you glad that that, that airplane is a tried airplane? Would you be feel comfortable knowing that your plane was missing something? No, you wouldn't. And, uh, you know, the truth is, you may have heard this phrase before, but what hasn't been tested can't be trusted. And this is why he says, he who believes will not make haste. Because there's a testing here. There's a trying here. There's a laying of a foundation that he's referring to. And it requires patience. It requires you not getting in a hurry. Now, the flesh often defaults to getting in a hurry, especially when it comes to things that you desire or you want. And that's understandable. But, you know, you can't rush foundation work. And so that's the first point I want to make in this podcast. I don't always have points, but in this one, I think I need some points because there's a lot of stuff here. And the first point I want to make is a tried foundation is the first step to perfection. I'm going to say that again. A tried foundation is the first step to perfection. And like I said, you can't rush that. You can't rush foundation work. If you do rush it, 
you won't have peace. What do I mean by that? Peace of mind comes from knowing that you've been thorough. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? Peace of mind, security. What, what did it say? It said it's a sure foundation. It's a secure foundation. And you are at peace. You have peace. You're at ease when you know that that testing is thorough. Just like I used the plane analogy. This, this is true of a building a house. You know, uh, how, how at peace would you be living in a two-story house that you knew did not have a good foundation or had not been tested, had not been tried, had not been examined by an inspector to see if it was safe? Do you, would you want the inspector of a home to have rushed that process or would you have wanted him to be thorough? Would you have more peace knowing that he had been thorough or that he had rushed through it and said, oh, that's fine. You know, we see this, we might get into this later, but we see this with Jesus. I believe it's in Matthew 7. He talks about, you know, he who hears my word and does it is like a man who builds his house on a rock. But he who, who does not do it is like somebody who builds their house on the sand. Well, you know, it takes patience to slow down and listen to God and to obey him. A lot of times we want to just rush ahead and do things on our own, of our own accord. We want to do things, even when it comes to faith, we want to be quick to make confessions, be quick to rebuke this and to say this and to do that. When God's like, whoa, 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 slow down. Have you even asked me yet? What have I told you to do? And if you don't have the patience to slow down and inquire of the Lord, you're building your house on the sand. I like something I heard Jeremy Pearson say. Uh, if you don't spend time preparing, you'll spend time repairing. Why? Because you got in a hurry. You skipped things. You cut corners. It's it's kind of like an Evan Almighty, how the people who built that dam cut corners on it. And what happened? That dam broke and it flooded the town. Uh, cutting corners, being in a hurry, rushing things, you won't have peace that way. And that's one of the reasons why this podcast is entitled Patience, Peace, and Perfection. Because you can't have peace without patience. And you can't have perfection without patience and peace. <laughs> I know that's a lot of peas. But it's true. And you know, like I said, how, how many of you are, are, are glad that the people who design tall buildings with elevators that you're riding in, <laughs> going up high into the sky, that they didn't cut corners with that? You know, would you feel comfortable going into that building? Would you be at peace flying on that airplane? I don't think you would. And people who believe the word of the Lord don't get in a hurry. They don't get in a rush. Why? Because those who believe enter into rest. We'll talk about that a little bit more as the podcast goes along. But people who believe understand that they're in a process and God is laying a foundation in their life. And if we're going to reach God's perfect plan, if we're going to reach God's ultimate, his best for us, it will absolutely, without a doubt, take patience. And you know, uh, Galatians 5 tells us that patience is a fruit of the Spirit. So let me ask you this. If you are not <laughs> experiencing the fruit of patience in your life, what does that tell you? Well, it means you are somewhere, in some way, not walking in the Spirit. You've gotten away from the Spirit. And you're, you're rushing, you're frustrated, you're antsy. 
you're trying to make it happen, you're pushing for it, somewhere you've left the Spirit. You feel like you've got to try and, and knock that door down instead of waiting for it to open, or, or inquiring as to whether that's even the right door. And a lot of times we try to make things happen instead of allowing them to happen. That's kind of a foreshadowing of a podcast I'm going to do uh, quite, quite a ways into the future. Um, but are you, are you forcing things? Are you in a hurry? Are you, are you banging your head against a wall? Uh, it, it, somewhere along the line, if, if you're not experiencing patience, whether it's in minor things like traffic, that's, that's a personal blow for me because that's something I've dealt with a lot is impatience and traffic. I'll tell on myself. Is it something like that or whether it's something else? A lack of patience is a lack of peace and it's it's an evidence of not walking in the Spirit and and not paying attention to the Spirit, not listening to the Spirit. That's what some people kind of miss sometimes is that if, if you want to walk in the Spirit, you've got to listen to the Spirit. Ah, oh, man, I've never even said that before. That That really blesses me. If you want to walk in the Spirit, you have to be listening to the Spirit. You can't ignore what the Spirit is saying to you and be walking in the Spirit. You have to follow the leader. You have to follow His direction to be walking in the Spirit. And and, and if you'll hear His words, like Jesus said, and obey His words, you're building your house on a rock, that sure foundation, that tried stone, and he who believes will not make haste. And even when God shows you something and he says, hey, I want you to do this, or this is what I have for you, this is vision, this is what I want you to do, or this is who I want you to be connected with, you're not in a hurry because you believe. There's just a peace. There's just a rest because you believe. And there's no need to get in a rush. There's no reason to rush the season. There's no reason to to push it. Why? Because God's doing something. He's doing a work. He's laying a foundation. He's laying a stone, and it requires patience. And people suffer a lot of times because they get in a hurry. They get in a rush. And they don't let what we'll read in just a minute, we don't, they don't let patience have its perfect work. In fact, I guess that's as good a segue as I'm going to get into reading this next scripture. But let me say this real quick. I'm going to talk about this a little bit in a podcast that's coming out at the end of December called The King is Coming, and I want to talk about the second coming of Christ. And man, I believe we are closer to that than we've ever been. I believe we are on the heels of it in so many in so many ways, and I believe it's soon. I believe the time is short, and we need to be more focused on our assignment in God than ever before. But something I do want to mention about that, you got to be careful about getting in a hurry <laughs> Um, to do some things because you think Jesus is coming back in a certain amount of time. If Jesus came back tomorrow, you would not regret anything you did or did not do on this earth, whether it's having kids or getting married or having a ministry. What, As long as you are faithful with what God gave you to do, that's what matters. If Jesus came back tomorrow, you'd be in the presence of God. You'd be completely satisfied. You would not have any regret. And the only thing I think could, there could be some regret about is people we didn't minister to. But, um, you know, God is faithful, and, and He'll fulfill every dream that we have, um, and He's faithful to His promises. Something I want to mention here is we've got to be careful about trying to figure out or thinking we know when Jesus is coming back. I, I believe we can discern the signs of the times, 
At the same time, though, Jesus said that no man knows that day except the Father in heaven. And we want to be careful about trying to figure out the day or the time or even the year and saying, well, you got to do all this stuff before that time, because a lot of times that produces impatience. And, and and people get, you know, antsy. They get they want to get married. They want to do this. They want to do that, you know, and, and, and they're antsy to do it because they're like, oh, no, Jesus is coming back. I better hurry and get married. No, don't do that. We should be ready. We should stay ready. And, and we can rest knowing that God will fulfill all of our dreams. And if for some reason Jesus came back tomorrow and not everything you thought you wanted to happen uh, happens before that time, baby, you will not care. <laughs> That's just the truth, and it takes some maturity to see that. But don't get in a rush. Don't get in a hurry because you think this is going to happen by this time. People get off track. They get into wrong situations. Anybody who's ever done something out of pressure because they thought Jesus was coming back by this certain time in the past was wrong because he hasn't come back yet. Now, don't misunderstand me. He's coming back soon. We should be ready for him. We should live like he's coming back tomorrow. But my point is, don't get in a hurry, okay? Anyway, I'm going to move on from that. That's a rabbit trail. James chapter 1, verse 1 through 7 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the, what? Testing of your faith. What is this? Testing, trying. It produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing. Now, this is not talking about flawless. I never make a mistake. I never do anything wrong. No, perfection in this context, it's talking about fullness, um, maturity, completeness. It's actually a picture of growth. It's a picture of growing up. It's like this coming of age. It's this growth. It's this maturing process. It's not talking about I'm perfect and flawless. No, it's talking about I, I'm matured. I'm grown. I'm, I'm, I've come into my full version of who I'm meant to be. Does that make sense? It's like a tree that's grown and it's full. And this is what this picture of perfection is. And it takes patience. And it takes the testing of your patience. And, you know, this, this doesn't only uh, refer to the natural or in a material sense, are in natural age. There are a lot of people who are 37 and they still haven't grown up. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? They still haven't matured. It's not an age thing. But it's this inward condition that is produced by developing in patience. It's maturity. It's spiritual maturity is what it is. And you know what else it is? It's peace. It's peace. That's what we're talking about is patience, peace, and perfection. It's shalom. It's nothing missing, nothing broken. Colossians uh, talks about how we are complete in Him. This is a state of security in God and contentment. And it only comes by developing in patience. It's a place of peace on the inside. Now, a lot of people read this verse and they say, oh, nothing missing, nothing lacking. That means I'm going to have the car that I want and the house that I want and the spouse that I want and the kids that I want and the guitar that I want. And that's all great. And I'm, I'm sure that there's an application there. Obviously, God gives us the desires of our heart and he's a good God. And I'm thankful for that. But that's not really so much what I believe this verse is referring to 
I believe it's talking about you. (laughs) And I don't just believe that. That's what it says, that you may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. In other words, you're mature. You're grown. You are coming into the season of your life where you're at peace. You're at wholeness. You're complete in Him. This is a state of security and contentment in God. And that's something that we're talking about today is how you reach that place of peace and perfection on the inside. And like I said, we're not talking about flawlessness. We're talking about growing up, being mature, being complete in Him. That's what it says, that you're, you're perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Well, Paul said, I have all and I abound, and I've learned the secret of dealing with any situation. Why? Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He said, I've learned to be content in all circumstances. What is that? He has peace regardless of his circumstances, because he's come to this place. And this is not a place you get overnight, and you shouldn't feel bad if you don't feel like you're at this place. Like I said, if you get impatient to get to this place, then you're missing it. No, it takes time. It takes trying of your faith. It takes stepping and walking by faith. It doesn't happen overnight, but as you grow in the Lord, you, you develop in this more and more. And I'm not even saying that that people that have walked with the Lord for 80 years have fully attained to this place. Everybody's still human. We're still in this place. But this is something that you grow in over time. It's fruit that produces in your life. And you know, that's another thing. Fruit takes time. Fruit does not develop overnight. And I think a lot of people don't don't realize this. You know, they, they look at baby Christians and, and even some some new believers in the celebrity world and things of that nature, and they say, well, they're not. Where, where, where's where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? I don't I don't see any fruit in their life. You know, where's where's the fruit? You know, uh, I'm enjoying that accent. Um, you know, where, where's the fruit in their life? And and something that people miss is that fruit takes time. Fruit does not grow overnight. And, and, and like with anything, you know, fruit has a, a season where it it's ripe and it's ready to be picked. Now, I think there's some people who, you know, they're past, <laughs> they're past that time of when they're supposed to be picked off the tree. They're holding on to the branch for dear life. You know, they're, they don't want to leave the branch. And God's like, all right, it's, t- it's time to go. You know, like with Abraham left his father's house when he's 75, you know, it's, it's come on, fly the coop. But, you know, with a lot of people, you know, they're impatient and they want to see more growth in their life or their family's life. And Listen, fruit just takes time. If you're believing for a family member or something like that, a spouse just you know to, to come back to the Lord or, or be redeemed or, or restored or revived in the Lord or even healed, uh, fruit takes time. And you can't get in a rush to see fruit in people's life. You got to deal with the root before you'll see the fruit. And that takes time. And the Bible talks about that. We'll get into that later. But God has long patience for the fruit of the earth. I'm trying not to, you know, get too ahead of myself with some of this, but fruit takes time. And, 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 you know, I, I, when I came back to the Lord, I was on drugs when I got, when I went down to the altar, I left on drugs. I went to church on drugs for six months and, and I didn't quit drugs for six months, but you know what? I, I quit. I'm done. I haven't done drugs in eight years. Why? Fruit was born in my life, but it took time. And you can't get in a hurry to see fruit in people's life. If the root is right, if it's genuine, eventually you will see fruit. 
But going on in James chapter 1, it says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let no, not, not that man suppose that he will see, receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, and unstable in all his ways. You know, this is a picture of insecurity. This is a picture of a lack of peace, being double-minded, going back and forth from this thing, always second-guessing yourself, always questioning every decision. And it's this, this insecurity that leaves you unable to receive, lacking, incomplete. And if I can't make up my mind about something, let, let me say it like this. Let's go back to the house analogy. If I can't make up my mind about what materials to buy for the house, I'll never finish the house. This double-mindedness, this second-guessing, it leaves you uh, with a lack of peace. It leaves you insecure, and it leaves you unable to receive the things that you want and need in your life. And therefore, you're missing things. You're not at peace. There's things that are missing and broken because of that. And so what we're talking about is how to get to a place of security and peace in God. And a lot of times, the reason why there's that insecurity and double-mindedness is because people have gotten in a hurry and haven't inquired of the Lord. It says this, though, Let the brother of uh, the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with the burning heat than it withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beautiful appearance perishes. In other words, God's given us a picture of what time is like to him. And what we perceive so often as a long wait to him is just a couple of seconds. He's saying, your whole life to me is like a flower's lifespan. And you're getting in a rush because you're having to wait a couple months to do something or whatever, or a couple years even. And, and God's giving us a window into how he sees time. But it says this, so the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. Uh, you know, I'll mention this later because I want to come back to this. I have another point I want to make about this later. Like I said, I'm, I'm going to take my time in this one. And, uh, you know, this is listening to this podcast is a great opportunity to exercise some patience. Um, but like I, if you've got to do something and this podcast goes too long, hey, pause it and come back to it later. It's worth it. But in Proverbs 28.20, 20, it, it says this, A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not be innocent. You know, people are who are in a hurry to get rich, who are in a hurry to make money, the Lord said it to me like this, they'll end up compromising their integrity and their calling. They'll go too far to get it. Uh, people who are all focused on just how what career will take me to being rich the quickest, you know, instead of finding what they're called to do. And faithfulness and patience will produce lasting results in your life, a foundation uh, you know, you, you'll, you'll increase little by little, but it'll last. You know, uh, like what Levi Lusco says, now yells louder, but later lasts longer. And it comes through faithfulness, and it comes through patience, not being in a hurry to be rich. We'll circle back to that in, in a little bit, um, but I just wanted to mention that because of this verse. It says this, though, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. What is that? Testing, trying. For when he has been approved, some translations say when he's been tried, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So the second point I want to make to you is this. 
patience adds richness to your life. Uh, Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Um, This says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. This blessing that comes on your life, it adds richness to your life. It adds richness to the things you're believing for. It adds richness to your anointing that's on your life. It adds richness to everything when you have patience. And if you're always in a hurry to get where you need to be or to get what you think you want, the truth is you, you'll never really enjoy anything. You'll miss out on precious seasons, precious moments, precious opportunities. Um, it reminds me of, uh, there's some things in this movie I don't totally you know, promote, but, but the movie Click. Have you ever seen the movie Click with Adam Sandler? Um, not the first time I've used an Adam Sandler analogy. Uh, you know, he, he's got this remote, and what does he do? He fast forwards because uh, he wants to get to his promotion. He wants to get to that promotion. He doesn't make the money he wants to make. He doesn't have this, doesn't have that. He wants this and he wants that. And what does he do? He f- starts fast-forwarding every moment of his life. A- and he gets to the point where the- this remote becomes automatic and it starts automatically fast-forwarding things that he doesn't want to fast-forward and-, and moments that he doesn't want to fast-forward through to just skip to the next thing. And that's how so many people are. Uh, we do this with our Spotify playlists. We don't finish a song. If we don't like it, we skip it. We, we're like, hey, skip the previews, skip this, skip everything. Let's get to the part we want to get to. Let's just get it done. Let's get it over with. Where's my food? It's, only, it's been 10 minutes. Uh, you know, we just want to skip, 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 skip. And that's what Adam Sandler does in that movie. And it gets to the point that he comes to the end of his life and he's like, oh gosh, I missed everything. I got my promotion, but I missed my kids grow up. I got my promotion, but I missed this. I missed that. What? Why? No patience. And I know that's a comedy movie. I know it's an Adam Sandler movie, but it's a, a good picture of this. If you're always in a hurry, you're going to miss out on things. There's a richness of your life that you'll miss out on if you're always skipping everything, if you're always in a hurry to get to the next thing. And he says this, moving on in James, he says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when, watch this, he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, so on and so forth. This is the third point I want to make to you. Patience will keep you on God's path, and peace will remind you that you're there. Oh, come on. That's, that's, I like that. Patience will keep you on God's path and peace will remind you that you're there. I've said this a couple of times in the past uh, few podcasts, but one of the ways you know you're in God's perfect will is if you have perfect peace. But this word drawn away is interesting. Um, what, what is it referring to when it says you'll be drawn away? Each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his desires. Drawn away from what? Well, you're drawn away from his path. But more specifically, I think there are three things that I would I would include in this that are things that impatience draws you away from. And, you know, lust is the enemy of patience. We're not just talking about sexual things there. Lust in any form, coveting, covetousness, you know, this is why somebody would be in a hurry to get rich, is coveting, lusting after money. But lust is the enemy of patience because it's pressure. It will keep you from completing the mission that God gave you. It's the enemy of ultimate satisfaction, which is peace. Why? It's this pressure. It's this push 
to do things, to have things, to want things, and there's no real satisfaction found in it. Because as soon as you have that, and you have it for a while, you want something else that's the next thing. And there's no peace in it. There's no patience and there's no peace. It's pressure. But the three things I want to emphasize to you that I believe impatience will draw you away from is, number one, the word that God gave you. The rhema word that God gave you. And listen, in order to have this word, it means you had to take time to hear from God about whatever it is you're believing for. Whatever it is you see, you you need a word to stand on. You need a word. And it takes time to receive a rhema word from the Lord about whatever your situation is. You got to spend time in the word. You may need to spend some time fasting. Uh, you may need to take some time praying to get a word. And and lust, temptation, impatience of any kind will try to draw you away from that word and say, oh, we don't know. Maybe God said that. I don't know. And I'm not talking about like, you know, oh, I think God told me that, you know, that my next car is going to be red. I'm, maybe. Okay. But you got to be careful with putting out fleeces and things like that. I'm talking about a word. Like, you know, it was from the Lord. Like it wasn't like, I think maybe that was from God. No, I'm talking about, we can build the house on this. It's a tried foundation. We got a word from the Lord. We received a word and we believe it and we're standing on it. It's a rock. And impatience will try to draw you away from that. Number two, impatience will try to draw you away from the vision that God gave you, the vision you have in your heart, what the Lord showed you in your heart, the things, your dreams that are from God. It'll try to draw you away from that, get you to settle for less than that, because it's easier to settle for what you can see with your eyes than what you see in your heart. Uh Uh-oh. I'm going to say that again. It's easier to settle for what you can see with your eyes than what you can see in your heart, what takes faith to see. And number three, it will, it will pull you away from the mission that God has given you, the calling, the assignment. It'll distract you. People get away from their assignment and their mission because they try to make this thing happen or do this thing. And they say, oh, well, Jesus is coming back in 10 years, so I better hurry up and do this before he comes back. And when Jesus is like, listen, you just focus on what I told you to do. do be faithful. In those parables that Jesus talked about him coming back, he said, be faithful. Keep your lamps burning. Don't. He, people didn't get rebuked because they weren't paranoid enough. No, they weren't faithful. Faithful people will be ready when Jesus comes back. I don't know why I'm circling back to that, but the mission, the assignment, the calling, focus on that. Impatience will draw you away from it. It'll get you focused on something else. So the three things is the word, the vision, and the mission. And this is what this will try to pull you away from. And we see this with uh, Joseph, you know, Joseph, I always come back to Joseph. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible, but he had a dream, he had a word, he had a vision, and he had a mission. And, and so many things tried to come to, to pull him away from that. But he resisted it, and he, and he kept serving God. And at the right time, God added all the things to him, money, uh, family, things, different things that I'm sure he wanted. God added all those things to him in the right time because he wasn't impatient. And it's all about patience. And it's all about peace. And these things lead to perfection. And, um, you know, people, you know, this part, I want to talk about this for just a minute. In James, where it talks about lust brings forth death. You know, how many people have died because of impatience? 
My pastor, Keith Moore, talks about something he calls MTF syndrome, and it's moving too fast. (laughs) And people who get in a hurry and rush and move too fast, you know, impatience and lust can lead to the death of the vision and the failure of the mission that God gave you. I'm going to say that again. Impatience and lust can lead to the death of the vision and failure of the mission that God gave you, bringing forth death. Impatience. And then it goes on to say, I know I'm still reading in James chapter 1 here, do not be deceived. Every good gift and every perfect gift, what is that word perfect there again? Every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. Good and perfect. What is this? Complete, finished, not lacking. Um, You know, let me say it to you like this. What God does in your life will fit the word he gave you. It will match the vision he showed you, and it will advance the mission that he commissioned to you. I feel like I'm having to say a lot of things twice in a row, and, and you know, yes, I'm going to keep with that. What God does in your life will fit the word he gave you. It will match the vision he showed you, and it will advance the mission that he commissioned to you. Now you say, why? I didn't get a word or a vision. Well, maybe that's because you didn't take time to do it. (laughs) But if you take time to hear from the Lord, you'll get a word and a vision and a mission from him. So that's right. There is an evidence of getting in a hurry. And, you know, I'll say this, you know, uh, what God does in your life will complement your calling rather than complicate it. Oh, come on. You know, uh, we see this with Hagar and Ishmael. Um, Hagar and Ishmael complicated things for Abraham, but Isaac complimented Abraham and his life and what he was called to do. You know, I've said this in other contexts, and but if I ever came up with my do- my own uh, dating app, I think I'd call it Hagar. Oh, well, I'm sorry, I offended somebody. I apologize. <laughs> I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, in general, you know, I guess the Lord could use it. Probably not. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Anyway. What God does in your life will complement your calling rather than complicate it. You know, you ever heard people say, oh, we're experiencing complications. You know, like in a pregnancy. You know, people say, oh, I'm experiencing complications in my pregnancy. What is this? We're experiencing complications. When things start getting complicated, you're moving away from the simplicity of the word, the simplicity of the vision, and the simplicity of the mission that God gave you. I talked about this before when I, I did a series about conviction and confusion and how when things start getting complicated and convoluted, that's a sign you're getting off of God's path for you. And, and this this is keeping with what we were talking about, about being drawn away. Um, in fact, there's a verse here I want to read, 2 Corinthians 11 verse 3 in the Amplified. It says, but I, I, I'm afraid that even as the serpent beguiled Eve by his cunning, your minds may be corrupted and watch this, led away from the simplicity of your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Led away, what? From the word. Led away from the vision. Led away from the mission. But patience always leads to the perfection of those things. It leads to the completion of those things, not the complication of it. And you know, one of the quickest ways to get off of God's path is to get in a hurry. And God never gets in a hurry. You know, I like to think about it like this. You know, I'd rather, I've heard another minister say this, but it's true. I'd rather go too slow than go too fast. 
Because if I'm going too slow, it means I may be behind God, but if I'm behind God, I can still see him. (laughs) But if I get out ahead of God, that means I can't see him anymore and he's no longer leading me. I'm leading myself. I'm making my own way, my own path. If I'm getting out ahead of God, I I don't want to do that. I don't want to get in a hurry. I don't want to get ahead of God. Now, I want to keep a pace with God. No pun intended with my last name. I want to keep a pace with God. I want to walk at a pace with God. And I don't want to get in a hurry. I want to be on His heels. But like I said, I don't ever want to miss a turn because I was going too fast. I'd rather go too slow than to go too fast. Over in Hebrews chapter 4 now, we'll transition uh, verse one, it says this, let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should come short of it for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it for we, which have believed do enter into rest. Now I referenced this earlier, but you know, this sounds a whole lot like he who believes shall not make haste. Down in verse 9, it says it this way, um, There remains therefore a rest to the people of God, for he that is entered into rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. In other words, you're not banging on the door. You're not trying to make it happen. It says, Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest. Labor. Work. What does this mean? What does this mean, labor to enter into that rest? Well, you know, James said, Let patience have its perfect what? work. What is this? What is this work, this labor? I thought it just said we've ceased from his own works. Yes, you've ceased from your own works. But this is talking about the work of patience. It's a process. Like remodeling a house. You have to press through some things to get to that place of peace, contentment, and rest. You have to press through some things to enter into that rest. You have to endure some trial. Like we were talking about, some temptation, some pressure. It forms you like a diamond. I I did a podcast about diamonds before when I talked about that. It forms you like a diamond. You know, I'll say this real quick, and this is just a thought. Uh, Single people. Single people who are secure in their singleness and not in a hurry to get into a relationship are some of the most attractive people. They're, They're... not insecure. They don't need something as their security blanket. They're not looking for a, a partner to be their security blanket. They're looking for a partner to be their partner. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And being content and being secure in that place, it's actually something that makes a person attractive. Being content in Christ, it doesn't mean you're not believing for that. It doesn't mean you don't desire that. But you're not insecure without it. This is a part of this. And you know, you don't get to that place automatically. You have to press through some pressure. Uh, You have to press through some pressure of your own emotion. You have to resist the temptation to settle for less than God's best or to yield to sin. You have to press through some loneliness sometimes in those things. But the more you develop in patience, the more secure and at peace you will be. And you'll give God a chance to completely build the house that he wants to build in your life to finish the project and then to fill it with all the desires and secret petitions of your heart. You know, uh, you can't furnish a house that's not built. 
And, you know, a lot of the things that you would consider secret petitions and desires, they're furnishings of the house that God's building in your life. And if you rush the building process, then you'll have an insecure foundation. And a lot of people are trying to put brand new appliances in a house that's not even built. A lot of people are trying to to set up, you know, a, a dining room table in a, in a house that doesn't even have a roof. Why? Impatience. I want a dining room table. I want to eat dinner. You know, I want it now. Yeah, baby, but you're looking at stars. <laughs> you got to put the roof on first. You know, I, I experienced this and I used to build above ground swimming pools with my stepdad. Um, we would, uh, we would have to build these pools and put them together and put the line, we had to trowel the sand and we'd have to put the lining in the pool and let the sun stretch it out, which means we had to wait and let the sun stretch it out. And then we could put the water in it. And it, and it was such a refreshing thing at the end of the day. It's hot, you know, and at the end of the day, you've been working all day and then that water truck comes and, and you just feel that you smell that chlorine, you know, and just the water's just going in there and it's, oh gosh, it was, it was beautiful. It was perfect. I said it was perfect. Why? You can't put pool. I'm sorry. You can't put pool. You can't put water into a pool that isn't finished. If you do, baby, it's going everywhere. <laughs> Everything you did. In fact, I think we had one one time that we did that we, it wasn't secure. It wasn't right. And the water went everywhere and it was a disaster. I, it was been a long time. I think that happened. I feel like I have a memory of that. But you try to put water in the pool before the pool is built, baby, you're just going to have a wet yard and a, a lot of wasted money and time. And so you, you got to build the house first. And uh, you know, like I said, I'm taking my time on this one. I've got a lot of stuff to get to, and I'm not going to get in a rush. This is going to be a long podcast. Like I said, this is a perfect opportunity to exercise some patience. Um, if you got to do something, hey, it's all right. I won't even know that you, pr- you pressed pause. You know, it's fine. But I'm going to keep going here. Um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 10 through 12, it says this, But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more, and that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business and to work with your own hands, as we commanded you, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside and watch this, and that you may lack nothing. He said, aspire to lead a quiet life. And if you do this, if you do these things, you'll lack nothing. You'll lack nothing. You won't be missing anything. Well, let me, let me read this in the Amplified. It says, make it your ambition and definitely endeavor to live quietly and peacefully, to mind your own affairs and to work or labor. We're coming back to that word, work and labor with your hands as we charged you. Remember, he said, labor to enter into the rest. Let patience have its perfect work. It says, so that you may bear yourselves becomingly and be correct and honorable and command the respect of the outside world, being being dependent on nobody, self-supporting and having need of nothing. Oh, come on. He's saying that patience will cause you to be dependent on nobody, except the Lord, obviously. He's talking about people and, and having need of nothing. This is the place that God wants to bring you to. This is true. He wants you to be in this place emotionally. He wants you to be in this place financially. Now, don't misunderstand this. The body of Christ needs each other. We, we need people in our life. We need people to support us. But you're not needy. You're not pulling on people for everything. You're not insecure. 
Yes, you need people. Yes, God knows you need people. He said it's not good for man to be alone. But you're not you're not leeching off of other people. You know, you're 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 not dependent on other people emotionally or financially or or anything like that. There's this perfection, this maturity. And you know, he said this has to do with the work and the labor that you're doing with your hands and you living quietly and peacefully and minding your own affairs. And this reminds me, again, I'll, I'll circle back to Proverbs 28. I mentioned it earlier, talking about making haste to be rich. But in verse 19 through 20, it says, He who plows his own ground will have plenty of bread. But he who pursues vain things or follows after vain pursuits will have poverty enough. In other words, he'll come up empty. So you're, you're failing to plow the ground that God gave you but you're following vain pursuits. Why would you follow a vain pursuit? Because you're in a rush. You're in a hurry. You ever heard of a get-rich-quick scheme? You ever seen these videos on YouTube? It's like, get rich tomorrow by doing this YouTube, Google, whatever, Amazon business. You know, get rich quick. Hurry. Vain pursuits. But it says, if you'll plow the ground that God gave you, you'll have plenty of bread. What is that? Need of nothing. I don't need to to leech off of other people. Why? Because I've got plenty because I'm plowing my field. And then it goes on to say, a faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who makes haste to be rich will not be innocent. You know, you cannot plow a field in a hurry. (laughs) If you do, you'll have to do it again. Just like we talked about Speed McQueen in the beginning of this podcast, how he, he paved that road and he did it wrong. If you get in a hurry to plow a field, You'll have to do it again. Now, I did a few podcasts about this in the, in the last couple of months about diamonds in your field. And, and uh, Jensen Franklin's book, Acres of Diamonds, I talked about that. I mentioned that in there. And listen, there are diamonds in your field. There, there is bread in your field. There are things that you need and desire in your field. But are you getting impatient? Are you taking the time to plow the field that God gave you? Are you taking time to dig into what God gave you? Uh, if you're not, you could be missing some things. You could be missing out on some things. If you're coming up short, you need to ask yourself, am I plowing the field that God has called me to? I'm not just talking about a natural field. What field are you called to? What field are you anointed and graced in? Where is your grace? Where is God's grace on your life? Are you following after that? Are you plowing your field? You see what I'm saying here? Are you plowing the field? And you can't rush that process. You know, I talked about, you know, fruit earlier, you know, abiding in the vine. John 15 talks about abiding in the vine. You can't rush fruit. Things need to grow. You need to grow. You can't rush these things. And, you know, I'll tell you this. I mentioned this earlier, but this this growth, this maturity, this growing up, this perfection, you know, there are some things that God wants to do in your life, but He needs you to mature to do that. He needs to have you grow up to be at that place. And there's no condemnation for not being in that place yet. There's no condemnation for not being at that stage yet. It's fine. 1 Corinthians 2 tells us that we haven't seen the things that God has prepared for us. And Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. What I see in that is that there are some things that God is maturing you for. There are some things that God is maturing for you. There are some things that God is getting ready for you, that he's growing for you. 
There are some things that God is getting ready for your sake. And he's preparing for you. This is true of of heaven. Jesus said, I'm preparing things in heaven for you. I've got a treasure chest for you. Shout out to a podcast I did a while back. I've got things laid up for you. I'm, I'm preparing some things for you. So there are things that he has to prepare you for. There's things he's preparing for you. The point is, if you get in a hurry, <laughs> you'll miss out on some things. In Luke 21, verse 17, I'm starting to wrap up here. In Luke 21, verse 17, it says, And you will be hated of all men for my name's sake, but there shall not a hair of your head perish. In your patience, you possess your souls. In your patience, you possess your souls. Now, he's talking about trial and testing. He's talking about the end times. You know, what does it mean to possess your soul? It means to be in control, to be a cool cat, to not lose your head, to not freak out. To be secure, to have peace. Jesus never lost his cool. Don't you just love it when the main character of a movie doesn't lose their cool? <laughs> you know, maybe explosions are happening all around. Maybe machine guns are going off and they're just, you know, taking a drag off their cigarette. I'm not advocating smoking, but you know what I mean. It's just they're cool. They're keeping it cool. You know, imagine if John McClain <laughs> had an emotional breakdown right in the middle of Die Hard 2. You know? <laughs> imagine if Clint Eastwood started crying and talking about how hard his life was, you know, in the middle of the good, the bad, the ugly. That, that would ruin the movie. Why? You know, it's you love characters that keep their cool. <laughs> and Jesus always kept his cool. And he said, if, if you will have patience, you'll possess your soul in the midst of trial and testing. And he said that when the world is falling apart and persecution is happening, are we seeing any of that in the world right now? In fact, I'm, a, I'm doing a podcast. Uh, actually, I think I may have already released it by now with Micah Herbert about getting real about persecution. You know, we're seeing that in the world right now. The world's on fire in a lot of ways, but patience, oh, come on, will keep us from freaking out. Isaiah 26 tells us that he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. And you know, um, when it comes to persecution, this is a part of testing and trial. Jesus said we would experience persecution. But you know, we don't overcome persecution with evil. Uh, you only overcome evil with good. We only overcome hate with love. I'm not saying we never defend ourselves or anything like that. You know, if somebody tries to break into your home. But, you know, evil actions can only be overcome with actions of love and kindness. You can only fight the atmosphere of hell by manifesting the atmosphere of heaven. And that comes from doing good. Romans 12 tells us that we overcome evil with good. So, you know, we can't fight persecution with persecution. We can't fight violence with violence. Now, I'm not saying, like I said, there's never a time to defend yourself, but what I'm saying is we overcome evil by doing good. And in order to do that, it takes patience in the midst of trial. James 1, 19 through 20, um, you know, we, I, we, I know we already read James a lot, and I'm kind of going back there. I'm circling back, but he said, so then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Let me ask you a question. Is wrath the right response to evil people in leadership doing evil things? I'm, I'm pausing 
for, for a reason here. The wrath of man, your wrath, does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, I understand that there is some righteous indignation about some things that people do, but there's a reason why he said, be slow to wrath. He didn't say that you wouldn't get upset. He didn't say that it wouldn't bother you. There's some things that should bother you. But he said, be patient. Don't be quick to get angry because that will not produce the righteousness of God. You can't overcome the evil that other people are doing with the wrath of man. Now, God has wrath. There's a godly wrath. And the Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. That means there's vengeance, but it belongs to him. That's a whole nother podcast. But patience will produce the righteousness of God. When you wait on the Lord and you find out what he's saying in that situation, that and you overcome evil with good, that will produce righteousness. In James chapter 5, verse 7 through 11, it says this, Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance or the patience of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. What's he talking about? Job received double for what he lost. He received the double portion. He was lacking nothing, missing nothing. Why? Because he had patience. Now, he wasn't perfect. We know that. You've read the book of Job. But in the end, he didn't quit on God. And he said, you also be patient. You establish your hearts. What is that? Establish, secure, foundation. This comes all the way back to the first verse we read. That sure foundation, that tried stone. Establish your heart. And he said, don't get in a hurry. God's patient for the precious fruit of the earth. Waiting patiently. You know, we got to be careful. We, we want to be looking for the coming of Jesus. We want him to come back. We, we should be pining for him. And that's so true. But, you know, you got to be careful about the motivation for wanting Jesus to come back right now being selfish. Uh-oh. I said, you got to be careful about that. Because God has long patience for the fruit of the earth. And when it comes to the harvest of souls, God wants to give them as much time as he can. And we should want that as well. We don't want to say, God, just come back now so we don't have to go through persecution. Oh, gosh. Well, I mentioned that in my podcast with Micah, but that's a whole other thing. I'm not going to go back into that. But be patient. Be patient. The fourth point I want to make in this podcast, and I know it was a big space in between points here, harvest never gets in a hurry. You can't force seed to grow. You simply have to wait for it. It grows when it grows. And in time, what you sow will grow. But you can't force harvest. You can't rush harvest. In Hebrews 10, 35-36, in the Amplified Bible, it says this, Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence. What is that? Security for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance, so that you may perform 
and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. What is that? Perfection, fullness. So the things I want to emphasize to you in this podcast is this. Have patience. Do your work. Endure the trial. Accomplish your mission. And enjoy the journey. Don't miss out on things because you're in a hurry. Don't get dragged away from your mission because you're in a hurry. Endure the trial. Endure the test. Do your work. Do what you're called to do. Do what you're assigned to do. Labor to enter into that rest and have patience. This will lead to peace. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. No brokenheartedness. No insecurity. It will lead you into a place of perfection, completion, of God's plan for your life, the promised land, the fulfillment of every vision, dream, and godly desire. Don't let anything take you away from the word that God gave you, the vision that he put in your heart, and the mission that he assigned to you. If you'll have patience, you'll have peace, and it will lead you to perfection. This has been the No Content Podcast. I know I went a little bit long this time, but I think that's appropriate because we're, we want to we grow in patience, and this is a, a word that I believe was worth making it all the way to the other side with. So anyway, my name is Benjamin Pace. I hope you have a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you the next time you click play. Thanks again for listening to the No Content Podcast. Remember that Jesus loves you. He loves everyone else. And please don't forget to feed the ducks. Ah.